This is What's Your Download. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. I'm Courtney. And I'm Letha. We're your hosts and creators of Four Moon Spa here in Encinitas, California. And we're grateful to have you here with us. We wanted to create this podcast because we are so fortunate to work with a whole bunch of different healers and wisdom holders every single day. Um, If we have a bad day and we need some insight or if we're feeling physically off and we need an IV or some medicine, we're so lucky that we can just walk around the corner and talk to some people. And we just thought, how can we get our community to get to know everyone better? How can we share all of this wisdom that we get to be surrounded by every single day with all of you? And that's how we created What's Your Download. Speaking of, we have a very special episode for you today with Willow Buckley. Willow is a certified classical homeopath, labor doula, and prenatal yoga teacher. She first combined her holistic interests with her medical science studies while earning a Bachelor of Science in Neuropsychology from the University of California, Santa Barbara. Continuing her search and passion for a whole healing approach, Willow ventured into homeopathy. And now she's here with us at Four Moons and luckily on our podcast today. Welcome, Willow. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I'm really thrilled to have this deep dive with you about homeopathy and what it actually is and what it can do. So maybe we can start with just a little 101. What is homeopathy? Yeah, it's really, I think, the foundation for so many podcasts that I might do and Mm -hmm. what I'd love to share with the Foreman's community, Um, because it tends to be a little vague, right? A lot of people think homeopathy is just holistic anything. Um, And it's really a specific uh, medicine. So the first thing is to recognize what people might know the most about homeopathy is like Arnica, right? The little remedies you see at the holistic health food store, any health food store sometimes now, um, those little pellets, those, that's a small little sliver of what homeopathy is. And that's what's available to so many people. Um, But in really getting back to its origins, it's really hundreds of years old. So I love to just give a little history of how the founder, Samuel Hahnemann, and I don't want to say founder because he didn't, he didn't create it. He discovered it, right? When we're looking at plant medicine or we're looking at alternative medicine, we're really discovering something. It's already in existence and we've just kind of you know figured it out and put it into a systematic way. Um, So he was a uh, medical physician, but back then it was like bloodletting and leeches. (laughs) He lived in that time where the physicians um, just had limited capacity for their medicines. And he's like, I'm out. I don't see the the greatness of what I'm doing. So he got into medical text translation because he was fluent in like seven plus languages. Um, He started doing a lot of translation. And one he kept seeing was um, chinchona bark for malaria. And in the text, he would find different physicians writing, oh, it's because it's bitter. He's like, well, then radishes was work. Oh, it's because of this. And he's like, that doesn't make sense. So he's like, well, why does chinchona bark work? And it's actually got quinine in it. Mm -hmm. And that's still used today to help Mm -hmm. treat malaria. So what he did is he decided to ingest little bits of chinchona bark throughout the day for multiple days. And he developed symptoms of malaria. So he put together that a substance in nature that would cause in a healthy person specific disease symptoms or illness symptoms or mental emotional symptoms would be the same substance that you would use to help treat somebody presenting with those symptoms in an illness. So it's all about like cures like. 
Samuel Hahnemann, in my opinion, was just, he was getting downloads. <laughs> like, yeah. There was a divine something happening. Because he wrote this book, The Organon, and if you want to look at how you're going to take care of a patient, um, he had it. So he was just an incredible human. Um, and we're really grateful for him and discovering that. And so the foundation, what you'll hear a lot of people say in homeopathy is like cures like. Um, you know, these days we like to avoid the word cure legally, but that's the foundation of it is like cures like. Um, a simple thing that people can relate to that's a little bit more palatable is um, allergies. If you ever cut an onion, what happens? I don't, you cry. I, you cry. I mean, I like sometimes get like burning, crazy, watery eyes. My eyes and most people's will burn and water. So someone who has allergies that gets similar symptomology, burning watery eyes, allium sepa, the onion remedy, a remedy from onion, is gonna really help their hay fever. So we start to see how we actually run into those things all the time, a bee sting. So when you get stung by a bee, you usually get, it's warm, it's hot, um, and it inflames and puffs up and gets swollen. Well, sometimes also cold applications feel really good after a bee sting. When someone has a skin hive or inflammatory response on the skin that is similar to that, Apis mellifica is going to be the honeybee remedy, and that's going to really help. So we start to get a more palatable idea of how homeopathy works because we see it all the time mm -hmm. um, with how things, how our bodies respond to certain substances in nature. So are the remedies plant-based? No, they're everything. So you could, we have um, 5G as a recent remedy in the last couple of years, even. Wow. So I need that one. Yeah, we all do. What do you do for that? <laughs> um, so we have all the plants. So you might so find some crossover with herbology in what it can treat because you're going to have the crude substance in herbology mm -hmm. um, versus the homeopathic, more energetic version in um, homeopathy. And then we'll have also more mental, emotional aspects. So we have plants, then we all have all the elements. So any element on the periodic table, that's a remedy. And we do have animals. So oh. with mammals, it's milk. Um, sometimes it's um, blood. Um, sometimes if it's an insect, it's the actual whole entire insect. Wow. However, for all of you PETA people out there, I just like to let you know that um, one bee could supply an infinite number of remedies for a lifetime. For infinite, actually, forever. Because you can keep grafting from it um, while making that mother tincture. So um, it's it's very sustainable mm -hmm. for the amount of what you're using. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have what we call no-sodes, which are kind of a little bit of a popular term. Um, and that is remedies made from disease or viral material. And we have sarcodes, which is another branch, which are remedies made from organ materials. Wow. So um, any we have thyroidinum from the thyroid. Um, and every other organ. So, and then we have what you would call sort of like these extras where it's, um, we have magnet or magnetic, like uh, that's a remedy. So you get a little bit more off in like to these random sections in 5G. So that's kind of its own new kind of unique area of remedies that um, are really profound in the way they affect the body, but they're a little less um, utilized. Yeah. Are they always those little white powdery pills? They can be um, liquid. So it's actually a liquid remedy. So that's the medicine is liquid. And then those are the vehicle. So okay. they put them on pellets because they're easily dissolvable under the tongue sublingually. 
What we do is um, if you have, they're usually a sugar pellet. That's what that is. Sometimes it's a lactose sugar pellet. So if anyone's severely allergic, we just get make sure you have the sucrose pellet or you just do a liquid. Um, we'll go over handling remedies because I think that's something that's kind of important as well. But as we look into what it's made out of, there's a lot of numbers after the remedies that you'll see at the store, and that's what we call potency. And that's also equatable to strength. Um, and you'll see the lower the number, and um, it doesn't have to do with where it is in the alphabet, but X potencies are lower. Then you have C potencies, and then you have M potencies. Um, the X is by the power of 10, C's by the power of 100 and M's are a power of 1,000. So it has to do with dilution and potentization. And it's a lo re regularly looked at as dilution because you're taking a substance and taking it um, one to nine parts and then doing that over and over and over again. Or you're doing it one to 99 parts, doing it over and over and over again, meaning you're taking a little bit away. And so, but it's the opposite of what you'd think, right? Yes. So you're like, as you dilute it, it's actually becoming more potent in the home homeopathy. Yes, exactly, world. Courtney. Yeah. Exactly. So um, the farther you get from the crude substance, the stronger it can be. And when we say strength, we're looking at more. Um, I guess you would say it's based on the intensity also of the symptoms. So we like to match um, potency with the symptomology intensity, and we also like to match it um, with the vital force or the strength of the person that we're treating. So um, we don't want to give something really strong to somebody who doesn't have the capacity to respond to it. So when we get into potency in that, it gets really um, refined into a practitioner level, but at home, we have a lot of 30C, 200C, and 30X. Rock it, use it, you're safe, it's great, it's easy to use. Um, and so that's what. Yeah, I mean, we I used to. it when my, when my kids were babies, homeopathy saved me. Yeah. And I, you know, being a complete novice, like, had, I thought the higher the number, the more this is gonna work. But then actually found out, thankfully, that, that, that that's not the case. Yeah. But, yeah, I loved using it when they were babies because, yeah. and they love it too. They still to this day ask they for it if they do. get if they fall and they want an arnica or yes. I mean that's probably the most common. Yeah, or the chamomile. Yes. I think every mother has used the chamomile at some point. Yes, right. It's or at least for flights. It's right. It's such a wonderful family medicine. No, no, I didn't. Well, I didn't know about it actually yeah. early in the days. I wish I knew when I was commuting to Uganda and back. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. definitely. I might have slipped a Benadryl in my kids at one point. But um, <laughs> so we do, we all do what we need to do in the moment. <laughs> Twenty seven hours. You need something. I didn't know no about doubt. you back then. Um, but that's one thing that when you were talking and even listening to Courtney is just thinking, okay, how does someone like me who knows nothing yeah. start to interact? Because I've definitely now learned and I see, you know, we're so fortunate here. We have great grocery stores that have this stuff, but I don't know if that's true everywhere. Um, and so how do you, like, how does one really access all of this wisdom? Because you can tell it's a very deep, you know, a lot of knowledge. And so there's the grocery store sort of self-help sort of thing. And then there's finding a practitioner. And how do you, like, when do you know you need to go yeah. Find you, you know, it's, it's, we kind of divide homeopaths. We divide illness or um, discomfort or disease into two categories. We have acute issues, which are, I have a flu, I have a fever, I broke my leg, I, I something comes up and you know, it's going to go away. It's not a chronic issue with chronic issues. We have what we call constitutional treatment. And that's really where you want a practitioner. 
Um, it doesn't mean that acute prescribing can't help chronic issues. Sometimes this stuff flares up within the body in an acute moment, and it's actually so loud and visible that what we do to treat is actually going to help the chronic issue. Um, I was just reading, and I just want to side note this, between acute and chronic. Um, sometimes when you're sick in an acute moment, you might crave something or do something that you really need, and it's actually going to be most likely, and this is from Hahnemann, what your body needs. If you have a chronic ailment and you're craving something or doing something consistently to help appease that were, or just with that chronic ailment, you're most likely doing something to fuel that symptomology. Oh, wow. So we want to think about that. In an acute situation, we're probably helping our body by ingesting whatever it is that we're craving all of a sudden. But in a chronic, if we're consistently craving something or doing something, we might actually be fueling the symptomology instead. Well, that's weird. Well, I mean, that makes sense to me. Does it? Right? It feels like yeah. a body betrayal. Like, yes. No, I mean, I, it's yeah. trickery. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's so think about, okay, so if you know me, you know that I've always like self-diagnosed as like having parasites from like traveling around the world. You like, totally uh, we, probably do. For sure. So, right. And then sugar mm -hmm. feeds that, right? So yes, and it, you crave in that, sugar. in that case, right, I crave sugar. So I don't know what the caffeine and coffee cravings all about. There must be parasites. <laughs> It does. it does. It does. I could have a whole podcast on that. Uh, many, many. Seriously, it'd be so right? interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, the acute and chronic. And so at home, these families can totally treat their acute stuff and getting um, initial books, which I have on my website, which are my favorite at home, start with your family. Um, I have my own book on my um, website. You can download. It's a free ebook for infants, but you can apply it to any age. It's just a little bit more in depth because infants don't talk. Right. Um, so they're a little bit more observant observational. So when you're working at home and with your family or yourself in acute situations, there's so much valuable information out there that's really palatable. So um, what I really like are the few books that I recommend, um, ones like Self-Guide Homeopathy. I can post them too, or we can yeah, them in the post show a notes. leak. Yeah. Definitely. And um, what we're doing is homeopathically, we're really learning how to observe. So in an acute situation, it's I'll get a call from a mom, oh, they have a cough and a fever. I'm like, that actually tells me nothing, absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. um, what they need to know is where's the fever? Are they hot in their head? Are they hot in their body? Are they hot in their legs? Are their hands and feet cold? Is it um, coming and going? Did it come on really fast? Was it slow progress? So right there, is their face flushed? Are their eyes bright and wild? Um, what, what else is going on in looking at their skin? Is one side more red or more hot than the other? Um, so that's just on the heat side. And then you have the observation, like, okay, is their cough wet? Is it dry? Is it easily coughable? Is it hard? Is it successive? Is it two coughs in a row? Is it three coughs in a row? Is it worse in the morning? Better with cold drinks? Better with hot drinks? Better with food? Worse with food? Worse with talking? Better outside? I mean, we can just go on and on and on and on and on, but the amount of details helps us hone in and be like, great, this is the remedy that you need. Um, because we want a full individualized um, approach to it. And that's why homeopathy really shines is because it's so individualized. We're not blanket treating a cough or we're not blanket treating anything. One remedy that one person has for a cough might be the same remedy that another person has for hives. And then those two people might have the exact same diagnosis but need different remedies. So you start to see where it's just very individualized based on so many things. Um, the other one is the mental-emotional sphere. Mm -hmm. Homeopathy really doesn't just look at the physiological aspects but then the mental-emotional aspects as well. Um, in children, it's really easy to see. Are they more clingy? 
Are they really whiny? Are they upset? Do they want to be alone? Are they um, calm and and quiet? Like what, what happens to their disposition and their personality when they're ill? Or what's it like in general? So it's not limited to just one aspect. Um, we really get to take into those simple um, observations in self-care. And I think that's where parents start to really start to learn because we don't, we've gotten into a fix it now with give me A for B. Um, and we don't bother looking a little bit past that. And so it's really just a learning. It's a creating a new muscle for families or self-care or self-practice um, to observe a little differently and a little closer. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and diving a little bit deeper into what they're observing. They're having to pay attention just a little bit more. And when they do, all of a sudden they're like, oh, amazing. Like this is, this makes sense. This is what happens. Um, chronic care, or if it's not going away, is when you want to reach out to a practitioner. If you're treating ear infections and they're somewhat successful, great. But if your kid's still getting your chron- infections over and over and over, go see a practitioner. Something else is going on. Or if it's happening over and over, lasting too long, um, or continuously continuing, you're going to want a practitioner. So you're saying that there's tons of information out there and get, we'll put those links up. Yeah. You know, that would be amazing. But are all of the remedies available? So that's when you want a home kit. Okay. Um, there's a few different, few different pharmacies that do excellent home kits. My favorite is from Washington homeopathics, homeopathyworks.com, little commercial in there for them. Um, they're usually out of stock as of late because of darn shipping and everything and product availability, but they have a hundred remedy kit for like $250 or $225. Wow. And it's all in a little box that's like five inches by five inches. So it's so um, transportable. I mean, what an amazing toolkit. It's to so great. At your house. And then at, you know, 7 p.m., because I don't always get calls between nine to five. Well, of course. <laughs> I get emails and texts for acute care. Kid just woke up from a nap with a fever and it's like, what remedies do you have? Well, great. If you have a kit, you've got the majority of what you need to get through the night mm-hmm. until you can get something the next day or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So um, I really recommend having a kit. It's investment. They don't go bad. Mm-hmm. They're, they last forever. I still have my original kit 15 years later. Like it's wow. still it's still great. Um, I use it. My book is like missing the cover. It's like duct tape spine. So you just, (laughs) you find your, um, your tools. And as far as an investment, that's, it's such an easy investment to have access to so many great remedies to help with majority of the ailments you're going to run into that you're going to be able to help yourself and your family at home. So when you're talking, it sounds like a lot of this is, you know, uh, treatment based or sort of when something is going wrong. So it's yes. acru- acute or chronic, but what about like preventative? Like, and are there things like, what are the best natural ways to protect and boost your immune system? Are some of these things like yeah. preventative or is it mostly treating? So it, it's both. So homeoprophylaxis and other ways to prevent, um, are definitely a huge passion of mine. So homeoprophylaxis is, is immune education. It can be looked at as disease prevention. Um, because what we like to do mostly though is look at the positive is that if we're immune, if you're educating your immune system, then you're gonna have less susceptibility to the illness that you're trying to um, educate for. So that's one branch. And then the other are simple things like oxalococcinum, which is the flu remedy. It's actually made of duck liver. Um, It's the one you see at all the health food stores and they're like, flu, flu, take this. Um, We recommend go ahead and take it on your way to the airport. Take it on your way back. That's gonna really help educate and prevent 
your exposure to flu. Um, and that's going to be a really great, easy thing that you can do to boost your system. You can do your colloidal silver. You can do all your other natural, you know, vitamin C boost, quercetin, zinc, like all the things. And that's the homeopathic one that you can add to it. Um, so as far as prevention, it's really coming back to creating your system so that it has the best relationship with its environment. So it's not over responding and it has the best capacity to work. So Sometimes if I'm seeing people or if they want to, you know, make their body healthy, we're looking at their system and we're going, your liver's congested. Like we need to get that flowing and support your liver and we'll start to see different remedies that are going to be best for that. So um, it ends up being more constitutional treatment for prevention. But generally, if you're looking to prevent something, what you're really doing is you're boosting the terrain and you're getting your system to be the most um, functional and the most optimal it can be, because that's when it's not going to have those same responses or reactions to what's going around. Mm-hmm. And that's our goal. Yeah. And then also, uh, is homeopathy used to address certain emotional issues like yes. anxiety or depression? Yeah. Um, and has it? Have you found it to be really effective Definitely. in treatment? Yeah. So we, ha- I mean, in the last couple of years, I'd say a majority I've gotten a lot of anxiety patients. Yeah. Um, a lot of them it's with not what's surprising. going on. No, yeah. not surprising at all. Um, and really what we're coming back to is I look at mental, emotional responses like that. So we want to look at, okay, well, what is that experience for them in that in between, but where, where is that trigger happening, and and what does that feel like for them? Anxiety is such a broad term. Some people, they get um, physical palpitations and they get diarrhea and they get like all of these symptoms where they 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 get panicky and they can't think, they can't do anything, and they they then become numb. So there's a lot there's like that category, and then there's the anxiousness where they overcompensate and they're really extroverted and they're out and they just push through but inside they're like freaking out and then at home in these moments they're just collapsing or um there's just such a, a wide broad range of what anxiety actually is for each person so again it's individual um but yeah homeopathy works great because again what we're trying to do is kind of is is turn down that filter or remove that filter that the body's responding through um we can look at it as if we have this frequency that is optimal for our body, physiologically, mentally, and emotionally. Women can relate to it during our menstrual cycles when our hormones, if they're not, um, if our body's not being treated very well, um, maybe we're you know not eating great or something stress or something's happening. We might be more susceptible to an emotional response when our hormones go through different shifts during usually ovulation or just right before our menstrual bleed. With um, With homeopathy, it's the same idea. With that frequency, that shifts, and then symptomology comes up if we're not at our optimum. So we're just trying to keep it as close to that optimum frequency as we can. And um, using the remedies uh, is helpful for that. I mean, there's amazing hormonal remedies, amazing remedies for anxiety. Um, Depression sometimes is, is, again, such a broad term. So I don't don't know how to to place that. And there's such a deep, deep, deep layered um, spectrum of depression that is that is so deep. So I always say with homeopathy, you just also need so much community, mm-hmm. I find, with depression. Um, isolation is like, I think, the worst thing for humans. So 
as as great as homeopathy is, I always recommend no matter what, some sort of community um, support, whether that's a therapist or a group or whatever it is as well, though, because that one just tends to be a little bit more, um, a little more intense. Yeah. I mean, and there are some things that are really severe, right? Certain things yeah. are some things that then fall outside of homeopathy where you would then direct them to? Um, yeah, there's plenty that works um, in combination. Mm-hmm. So homeopathy can work really great with cancer patients mm-hmm. that are suffering from cancer, which is such a big thing. Some have really helped treat um, cancer tumors as well. And But we also look at symptomology from um, chemo or some right. of the therapies. So homeopathy usually always has its place, whether it's direct and supportive, just supportive, or just direct. It depends on the client and the comfort of the homeopath and um, what's going on. But it, it it doesn't disrupt what's happening. It only supports it. Um, or it's doing nothing if it's not the right remedy. Right. It feels like when you talk, there's such wisdom there, you know? So I just, I, does everyone have access? <laughs> How many of, their, of you guys are there? Because yeah. it seems like, you know, it would be great if everybody could have, I mean, again, going back to we're so lucky that we can just walk in and see you. Um, and I should say, you do remote visits. So if yeah. someone lives in a rural town or yep. doesn't have access to people like you, they can mm-hmm. always make an appointment with you and you can do that remotely by phone or yes. Zoom or however you do that. Yes. Um, but are there a lot of homeopathists? Yes. There um, are? Not enough. I always yeah. say there's never enough. I mean, you could look at how many chiropractors there are and I'm like, and there's still not enough. <laughs> Like if you really think about availability, right? Um, so for a homeopathist, there's also different types of homeopathists, as I'm sure you've learned. There's different types of chiropractors or acupuncturists or massage therapists or naturopaths. Or like, yeah, everything. <laughs> we just all have our, our niche and um, our different way of treating and um, our education. But there's, you, I generally find that the person finds the one that's right for them. Mm-hmm. There, it just happens organically and they are, they resonate with the one that's going to be the right person for them or their family member. Um, but there's great websites. So you have NASH, National Association um, for Homeopaths, and that's one that you can go and find people who are registered. You have, um, let's see, I think in CCH, so California, um, certified homeopaths their website you can find them for california and you can also just do a a search or find a forum sometimes on facebook and that'll help or what i like to do is you ask around word of mouth is usually the best um, way to find somebody if you're looking for in person Um, depending on what it is sometimes i really recommend in person depend depending on on what's going on that's helpful. But yeah, there's some links in there I can put at the bottom where they can find them. Um, and I'm always happy to answer any questions if they're, we have forums where I'll ask like, who's in North Carolina? Who's in Germany or who's in Austria that we know? And, and then we have a really good network of referrals. Yeah. So you treat all ages, right? Yeah. I, I get, because I'm a doula, I do get a lot of pregnancy and it just is such a, it's a beautiful way to treat challenges within pregnancy um, because often you want to try and avoid some of the medications or they won't give you certain medications because right. they don't want you to take them while you're pregnant um, or nursing or whatnot. And homeopathy works great during pregnancy, during labor and birth. Infants, I've given remedies with five minutes of being born. They, It's energy medicine. It works so fast. Um, kids respond to it. Kids love it. My kids still call them Remy's. Right. And when they were cute. little, and I had the cutest cute. mom. She, her, because um, you know they melt under the tongue. Her kid started calling them dissolves. 
that is the cutest thing that sounds like a new like band like that sounds amazing that dissolves i was like a big word for a kid right you know that too (laughs) smart that's a smart kid for sure i'll figure out where that person is i mean well that goes back to your book right how to conceive naturally and have a healthy pregnancy after 30 being a doula and a homeopath is clearly pregnancy you know maybe pre-pregnancy pregnancy and infant care is that your particular passion would you say um I love starting at the beginning. <laughs> so if I can get um, really that education to families and get that support to families right off the bat, then they're just set on this trajectory of not only um, having tools, but knowing where to find that help. And that's really what I'm looking for. I want people to feel educated and comfortable and empowered to make some of those decisions at home and not feel, I mean, you're stressed when you're a new mom and all these things are happening and that first fever and and really coming back to, I want to tell them like, this body is doing it. This is the baby's workout. This is your kid's workout. And guess what? We can support it. There's a purpose for that fever. There's a purpose for the illness. And when we look at um, a wheel of illness or wellness, depending on which way you're looking at it, you have exposure, you have a um, prodromal period, then you have a chill, a fever, some sort of eliminatory discharge pathway happens, then you have resolve. And if we can support that whole thing, you get to resolve and that system gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And so with families, I just, I do, I have a huge passion with helping support them and educate them. I had a mom once in the sun, they were always giving antipyretics for a fever, which is, you know, any fever reducing medicine. And at one point she was getting real nervous. It was only like 101 or something, but he's like, I'm fine, mom. And she started to look at, like, you're not treating the fever, you're treating the person. Mm -hmm. You know, where are they? Are they okay? Are they in distress? Because you can see distress at 99.9, and you can see nothing at 103. Mm -hmm. So you're not looking at the number. And so it just gets them out of that um, panic. That panic, yeah. Mm -hmm. And really get to really sit back and be like, what's happening here? And intuition still is number one. Mm -hmm. Whatever I say, if it's 2 in the morning and mom's got something firing in there mom you follow you yeah and maybe have a little anti-anxiety dissolved (laughs) (laughs) calm down rescue i remember that i remember being in just total panic when my kids would get sick yeah have a fever and and then you know yeah thinking that the you know it's scary yeah and and we've the world's made it scary because we've been told not to have one to stop it and that's that's not really what we need to do we don't want to stop it. We want to support it. So there's just a, a different lens that we have to start looking at health and illness through. Um, you know, sick care versus health care, wellness care. Um, those terms kind of go around a little bit more. and That's what we want to work on. So yeah, pregnancy, but I do treat all ages. So you can come in and I've got 75-year-olds who have whatever issues. They're a little more layered, you know. They've lived a little sure. longer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it really doesn't matter the age. I just find because of that um, is the majority of what I see that I do have a large practice with kids. Yeah. I think weren't you, I think it was you that was talking about how if you do preconception and conception, you can heal all the generations. Yes. Wasn't that your? Was yes, you, that you, was part of our book. That was the purpose is that if you really do preconception, you can mitigate adult chronic disease in your child, not just with homeopathy, but nutrition and so many other pieces to it. Because um, that, you know, and even then, 
you can cleanse all you want and get all the preparation, but we do have epigenetics and we do have certain gene, you know, susceptibilities. Um, so it doesn't mean your kid's going to come out and never be sick and be like superpower. Yeah. Um, there's a realistic aspect to that, but that's sure. also not realistic and healthy as well. It's kind of odd. Um, so with preconception, if we can boost and set that terrain, because now the new terrain for that baby is being baked in the womb of that right. mother. It also came half from dad. Um, and so we have, you know, partners can really get on board together. Um, and that preconception can mitigate so much. Didn't you say it was three generations forward or back? Or how to, or is it, I was trying to remember what your... So as far as generations, that's a little different. Um that is, I couldn't say that with okay. homeopathy. I can say that what you're doing is when you're helping, when you're nurturing that, so it would be more for the baby. So if mm -hmm. you have, if you're pregnant, your baby inside is got the eggs of your grandkids, grandkids right. right? So you are affecting your grandkids already. Right. And that, which is going to affect the great-grandkids, right? So you kind of have that multi-generational purpose that you're looking at. So, yeah. you know, we have we don't look that far back and we don't look that far forward anymore, but we really, when we're making these decisions, we can really put some power behind them and look, wow, we're really going to help affect so much farther down. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. That completely blew my mind. That's why I remember it. And I was thinking, I wish I, again, I wish I knew you. <laughs> my, my, my kids are stuck what with whatever. They're, know. Yeah. they're perfect. We all, we, we know what we know when we know it. Right. And then we have information. And then what we do with that information is where yeah. the power is. Exactly. That's amazing. I, I feel like I could ask you questions for hours. Totally. <laughs> it's, it's like such a pinhole of a science um, and medicine. So I'm, I'm not sure if I've wrapped it up enough, but yeah, homeopathy, like cures like, um, it's wonderful at home treatment for acutes and it's a great chronic care, um, for treatments as well. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Willow. It's been amazing having you here. Um, we'd like to close out each episode with a final question and that is what's your download? Um, what would you like to leave our listeners with? What's your main, what's the juice? Yeah. Got what's it. a juice? Yeah. Um, that homeopathy is accessible, it's palatable, it's effective, and it's safe. Um, it's non-toxic and can probably treat more than people realize. That's amazing. Thank you again for being here, Willow. And thank you for listening to this episode of What's Your Download. We hope you receive something special from it. Don't forget to give us five stars, follow, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at What's Your Download. If you'd like to hear more about our beauty, healing, and homeless space, visit us at formoonspa.com.